Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We want to wish all of you a Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! Ooh, celebratory noises! We still, we still don't have sound effects, so this is just off my phone. I don't even know what that is. He's saying that we don't have sound effects yet, because... You know, we're not we're not fancy okay, pants. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to started, turn it You can't up. stop it. <laughs> we don't we don't yet have any podcast sponsors, so that we we have enough budget to buy sound effects, and and no one yet has sent us a check to give us the ability to have sound effects in our podcast. So, what we continue to get is this. Oh no, I lost it. Oh well. I'm so glad be... you did. Okay. 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 <laughs> oh no! Now I'm YouTube playing on my phone. <laughs> Okay. Oh. okay, we're all good now. My phone is off and on the table. Oh, friends, we are so glad that you joined us today, that you joined the madness. Um, but no, really, we are glad. Maybe you're joining us because you have a New Year's resolution of reading the Bible more regularly. Um, before we get started into today's passage, Eric actually has some information about some opportunities uh, for all of you coming up along those lines. So, Eric, you want to share? Yes, New Year's and new opportunities. So, of course, we want you to read the Bible and understand the Bible and enjoy the Bible, which is why we do this podcast. Uh, and so there are a few things that we offer at Christ Community Church that you could take advantage of here in the next few weeks. And one of them is a new class called Intro to the Bible. And the reason that we are hosting this class is because there's always people who are new to reading the Bible, and the Bible can be really, really intimidating. And so if you're new to the faith or you're new to the Bible, and then all of a sudden you have this interest in reading it, you pick it up and you go, oh my gosh, like I don't know where to start. This Bible is very intimidating. I don't know if I'll ever be able to understand it. And so then what ends up happening is you're not as likely to come to church because you feel like everybody else has a heads up on you. Um, you may not want to join a small group Bible study because you feel like everybody else is somehow experts or they know their Bible way better than you. And so it just kind of keeps you in this benched position. Come to Intro to the Bible. I am teaching Intro to the Bible. It is for those of you who are brand new to the Bible, and I promise you that you will understand how all the pieces fit together. You're going to get to know the storyline of the Bible from beginning to end. Um, and whatever intimidation you have about being a Bible reader, we are going to help you with that, and you're going to go from intimidated to excited about reading the Bible in five short sessions. So that starts January 11th, and it is also available online. So wherever you are, if you don't live near one of our campuses physically, uh, you can still participate in that class. And uh, we also have something else that goes on regularly at Christ Community that Clayton teaches, and I think another one of those is coming up. Yeah, we are going to have an overview of the book of Exodus. We're starting the book of Exodus as soon as we're done with the books of John. And whenever we start a new Old Testament book, a new Old Testament book, we do an overview of it. So on January 14th, we're going to be doing uh, an overview of the book of Exodus so that you can get the lay of the land, get some tips for how to uh, interpret this particular book. I'll be teaching that. Uh, it's always a lot of fun when we do these. That's awesome. All right. If you guys want to learn more about those, you can head over to BibleSavvy.com uh, to get more information. All right. Well, um, Eric, you're going to walk us through the passage today. You want to tell us what we're looking at? 
We are looking at the often skipped book of Third John. Many people don't even know this There's exists. There's a third one. There wow. is a there is a third one. You have the Gospel of John, First John, Second John, Third John. Way back deep at the end of your Bible. Uh, yeah. So before I set up context for this, and Clayton reads it. Um, just a few more heads up on other things we have available, because my guess is it's a new year, so some people are jumping into the podcast new and fresh. So let's just say all of these things uh, again. Bible Savvy is a book series that was written by our senior pastor to help people read and understand and apply the Bible. That then became the Bible Savvy reading schedule which a lot of people in our church use to systematically read through the Bible every day, reading the Bible. And that is where we get to the Bible Savvy podcast. So what we are doing is following along with the Bible Savvy reading schedule, following a method called the comma method, which comes out of the Bible Savvy books. And that is what you are listening to. You are listening to the Bible Savvy podcast. So... Every, every episode, we walk through the comma method. The C stands for context, so the book of Third John. So there is this uh, little collection of believers. They're meeting in a house church, and they have a leader in their house. Um, and there is another house church leader who is essentially opposing the first leader. So when we read the first verse, and it says, To my dear friend Gaius, or Gaius, however you say that. Okay, so he's the house church leader. And there's this other guy who is opposing that leader, and these other teachers that John sends along, uh, this guy that's opposing them is essentially rejecting rejecting these people that John is sending, okay? So there's a little bit of a uh, doctrinal slash church, slash church leader battle going on, okay? So this is what's going on in 3 John, and let's read it. All right. The elder, to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth... Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. For it was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. All right, so the O in the comma method is observations. We're looking for things that are repeating. What is the, in the the Bible savvy books, is it 
Treats? It's treats. T-R-T-S. Okay. And those all stand for... I'm going to quiz you guys right now. T is for uh, theme. So you find that usually by looking at the heading of the of the uh, sort of section you're reading. R is repeating Repeat words. words. Uh-huh. That's, that's, the, that's probably the most common one that people do. And T is truths about God. So you find a title of God or an attribute of God. I know what S is. It's something striking. Something striking. Yeah. Boom. So when you're looking for observations, uh, the, the fun little, silly little acronym, um, but let's be honest, acronyms are most memorable when they're, when they're silly, right? So if you're looking at a text and you're trying to get some good stuff out of it, you're looking for some treats. And yes, we know that the E and the A are not in there. It's an acronym, T-R-T-S. All right. So we're making observations about this text. Observations. Well, um, there's some specific people named here. And I thought it was interesting, you know, there's, there's Gaius who is being, you know, kind of coached. There's Diotrephes who is, uh, kind of has this power struggle we described. And then there is uh, Demetrius who is kind of the alternative. Um, it's almost like John is saying, here's someone you shouldn't imitate and here's someone you should imitate. And he actually even says that in verse 11, uh, don't imitate what's evil, but imitate what's good. And so I, I noticed this holding up of different people as like an example of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, I feel like in all of John's letters, he's either writing to spur people on and remind them of uh, the truth concerning their salvation in Jesus, or he's commending, you know, people who are walking in, in truth or living out their daily lives in light of their new life in Jesus. So uh, I noticed that as well. I don't know if it's the tone of how John wrote this or if it was just the smooth, smooth way you read it, Clayton. <laughs> but... Uh, this, these last few verses, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. It feels very loving and warm, um, as opposed to, uh, there's a few times when, <laughs> when Paul is writing to some of the churches he writes to, where he's like, he's like, y'all, when I show up, I'm going to lay it down, right? This doesn't, this doesn't seem like that. This, this, this feels to me when I read it like he really knows these people. He really loves these people, and he can't wait to see these people. Yeah. I mean, the, the truth is, at a personal level, we've spent the year of 2020 not seeing people face-to-face. Uh-huh. So, like, like, as pastors, I'm sure we would all say, like, there, it, there's something about, like, I can communicate, you know, in an email. I can, I can even call you on the phone. We can broadcast something. But to actually see you face-to-face, there are things that I'd much rather tell you in that context. And so Zoom that, is just not the same. Zoom, is, Zoom doesn't count. Just I can see your face, same. but it doesn't count. It counts. It's well. just not the same. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing, though, about, about having that personal connection is that this story actually reminded me, Clayton, of the, the time that you and I went to the Czech Republic yeah. with some of the, the members of the Christ community as a creative arts team. And, you know, we went there on a short-term mission trip, uh, which we call Go Teams at Christ Community. And we were there for about a week, and our whole goal was to lead this worship conference where a handful of Czech churches were uh, coming to learn how to plan worship services. And it was a big deal because Czech Republic has this very rich Christian history, but after years of being ruled by communism, it it led to being the most atheistic country in the world. And so to go there and be in person with these handful of pastors and their small teams um, it was a big deal, and we had this amazing time of fellowship, and, and we met. We were met and welcomed very warmly, and we were welcomed to this amazing family's home and had meals and heard people's stories and met so many different believers and, and 
heard how they came to faith. It was this wonderful experience to be a part of what God was doing in the Czech Republic, but also to, to be a part of that global family that yeah. we have through, through Jesus. And that, that, that's what this reminded me of when I was reading it. Yeah, that's such a good example of that hospitality that's yeah. shown by other believers. Yeah. All right, so we've made some observations. Oh, so I don't want to skip too fast. Are there any more? Any more questions or there observations? Was one, there was one text? repeated word that I noticed a ton, and it's the word truth. I think it comes up, I don't know, six or seven times in here. He just tacks it onto almost everything. Whom I love in the truth, uh, your faithfulness to the truth, your walking in the truth, uh, you know, uh, so on, like so many times that it's clear that there's something about truth and falsehood going on here. Nikki, anything else from you before we move on? No, that, that's, uh, that's all I got. Okay. Well, we, we always say that the M's and comma are uh, interchangeable in the order you can use them. So you can understand the context, make some observations, and then you can do one of two things. You can say, okay, after your observations, what is the message that I'm seeing coming out of this text? And you're trying to summarize that in a few sentences. Or you can do meditation, which is a prayerful thinking. So essentially what you're doing is you're taking a few minutes and you're just saying, okay, based on what I'm seeing from my observations, um, I'm just going to think, I'm going to prayerfully think about what I'm seeing uh, before I move on to message. You could do those either way. And the truth is they probably kind of happen. Once you kind of get into the flow of using the comma method, they're normally probably kind of happening at the same time. Like all of this is happening together. Um, so today, let's do message first, all right? So let's see if we can we can draw a message out of this text based on our observations. Um, you know, Clayton, I, I saw too the, the repeated repeated words of truth, uh, and you, you pick it up in all of John's letters, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. There's the truth, and then there's not the truth. And it feels like John just keeps saying like, believe the truth, accept the truth, live in the truth. And then there's a, a direct link between believing the truth, focusing on the truth, and what that does to your behavior, um, as opposed to going down all these other roads. And it's, you know, humans always want to go down these other roads. Um, and so as, as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm always reminded, you know, the longer you walk with Jesus, the longer you're in church, um, people get kind of bored you know what I mean? Like, like the, somehow the truth isn't enough. And so it's like people are like, I've got this new thing. Well, what new thing do you have? Like Jesus dying and resurrecting is not enough, you know? So as you're reading in 3 John, John is, it seems like what he's saying is, I've written things and I've sent people and there are some people among you that are rejecting what I'm sending as if it's not enough or they're and, and a lot of times in the New Testament, you, you, you'll you read these letters and there's like this new teaching or this new faction. And and so the, the message I'm, I'm starting to draw out of this is beware when you are hearing from a certain person or a certain group of Christians that they have this very unique, special new thing that you must hear and you must believe to, to follow Jesus because there's normally something funky going on when it's so specialized and so new and, you know, so. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Sometimes when that happens, it's, uh, it's not just that it's like some, something you never heard. It's taking something that maybe wasn't that important and putting it at the center. And suddenly that becomes a big deal. Uh, and so there, there's, it can be subtle in that way. They might f- sound very similar, 
uh, but they're kind of centering the wrong things. Um, in terms of uh, what I uh, was drawn to here is um, these examples of people, you know, when, when he's guiding Gaius saying, be like this person, not like that person, um, and, and imitate uh, what is good, um, I, I was thinking about the importance of choosing your models, choosing your examples. And in our everybody kind of in their mind has to imagine what does it look like to be faithful? What does it look like to walk in the truth? What does it look like to follow Jesus? And to do that, we you almost have to look at some other person and say, oh, that's what it's like. And so uh, very often we just kind of go on autopilot. And the people we've seen, maybe it's you know a, a parent or a, a you know a church leader or some uh, person that was in your community group or whatever, just is oh I guess that's how you do it. Especially if when you first come to faith, you see that person. But I think there, there's uh, some wisdom that John's saying is just because the person says they're a Christ follower doesn't mean that they're giving you the best example. And so looking around and saying who is it that is living the way that I hope to live one day. I know that for me personally in the past, there have been people that I can say, because I saw the way they lived, it, it shaped the way I lived. Even, even long before I needed that example, having seen them saying, oh, that's how they you know, uh, go about their work. That's how they go about their family life. That's how they go about their, their spiritual disciplines and their habits and things like that. Um, it, it seeped in, and I could imagine myself doing that. So the, the message is, be careful in choosing the examples that you follow. When you guys read this, uh, I haven't, I haven't really dug into the, like the historical context of what this church looked like, but when you read this, do you, does your brain make you think that, uh, Gaius, who is the church leader that this letter is written to, like, he's leading a house church, right? Diotrephes, who is the guy that is causing problems. He wants to be first, He's not accepting John or the people that John is sending. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the phrase, spreading <laughs> malicious it's nonsense. nonsense. It's, it's like, wow, that sounds very contemporary. I've, That's I've really seen some good. malicious nonsense. It's like, yes, I know the malicious nonsense that he's spreading. Um, do, you, do you imagine that those two guys are in the same house church, or do you imagine that Gaius is leading one house church and Diotrephes is in like the same area or town leading another group of Christians? I don't know. I, I'd have to dig in. Um, I, I know that in some cities, like when you read the letters there, it's very clear that there's multiple churches. Yeah. That sometimes they'll get together. You know, in Corinth, it was it's very clear there are different houses that they would gather together and have communion together on a regular basis, um, but normally they were separate. Um, I don't know about this one. It could be. I, I was imagining it as like two elders. You know, they're both leaders in the church, mm-hmm. and and one is it's sort of a, you know, a, a divided community, but I don't know. It, it might be. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I was kind of, I was thinking the same thing. It's just two... two different kinds of church leaders in one, I guess you could say church, one house church that just have different ways of treating the people that are coming in. Uh, and they're just not, they're not seeing eye to eye. I don't know. It would, it is, it would be interesting to think if there are two different house churches in the same town or something like that. The, a lot of what you're seeing, even with the guests that are coming in, kind of visiting teachers, mm-hmm. is like collaboration between different church communities, you know, and, and, in those days, the church community in uh, the Christian community in one town would have been relatively small. You'd know every Christ follower, which is not the case for us. You know, you, you can be in a town and there's you know t- tens of thousands of Christians around. Um, 
But there's still that importance of saying, hey, we're all on the same team here, you know? The, the church down the street, the church, the, the, the person who kind of goes to a different kind of church than me, but they still love Jesus, like, it's not a power struggle here. This is, this is we're, we're, we're partners. We welcome each other. We love each other. Unless there's malicious nonsense being spread. <laughs> Then, then John's going to show up and uh, give him a talking to. That's true. Which, is. by the way, I did say earlier, like he felt very warm, like he just wanted to come and see them. Not about this guy. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Diotrephes <laughs> is going to like it when John shows up. Well, it's very clear he's saying dear friend to one side and not calling Diotrephes his dear friend, right? <laughs> oh, Diotrephes, with your malicious nonsense. All right, well, the message that I wrote down was that, uh, I took it right from verse 8, uh, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I just think that that's something that I, I need to be focusing on for some reason. So that, that's, that meant something to me in that, that passage. I couldn't get away from it. Hospitality is mm-hmm. a really interesting topic. It really is. There are, there are people right now, like in, in 20, we're in 2021, uh, in the last few years, you, I, at least I have heard that the topic of hospitality coming up more and more mm-hmm. as something that's going to be part of the effective Christian witness in our society. Uh, we have just gotten so far away from knowing how to open our homes and share meals with people. And, um, you know, it's it's the whole culture, especially in suburban culture, right? You drive your car, you hit the button, your door goes up, you, you park your car inside your house, which is really weird. The door comes down, you know, like... You never see anybody if you don't have to. And there's there's something about hospitality that I'm not going to say it's uniquely Christian, but it is definitely a hallmark or uh, an increasing behavior and characteristic of someone who's becoming more and more like Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm down with that's the a, That's a big question. That's a big question for me because hospitality is you see in the Bible as a gift. And, and I, I recognize that God has gifted other people more than me in that area in the sense that it comes quicker and easier to other people. It's something that I have to work a little, little harder on. I have to be more intentional with, you know. And, and I think that that's, uh, some, some people hear the word hospitality and they get anxious because there's like this long list of like, well, I've got to open my home up to somebody or I have to invite somebody out to dinner. I have to start a conversation with somebody. I need to... What, along with everything else that I have to do, and it just gets a little overwhelming for people. You know, uh, my my wife and I have uh, really deliberately tried to work on hospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty twenty really threw us off, but um, but we we've gotten to the point where we say scruffy hospitality is almost better hospitality than the really polished stuff. And the uh, uh, a while back, we invited some friends over, and we we realized, you know what, we really really haven't seen them, but we're we're like we're just eating leftovers today. So we told them, we would love to have you over if you want to bring your own food. And my friend texted back, that is the Spirit Airlines of dinner invitations. And I was like, that's perfect. That's perfect. But you know what Spirit Airlines does? It gets you from here to there. And so there is a value in saying, I want to be with you. And the relationship is what's at the center, not the sort of entertainment value of the, you know, I I put on a great meal. Yeah. Yeah, I think the more you're at someone's house, the less the presentation is important. Uh, you hear people talk about refrigerator rights. Yeah. yeah. Like you really know like when there is a relationship there, when there's refrigerator rights. You just go to someone's house and you don't feel weird about going in their fridge. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you're focusing on that, Nikki, because that's a, that is one of the, one of the things that's being identified here is when, when he is 
holding up geotrophies as a bad example, like don't be like this guy. This guy thinks more about himself. Like he wants to be numero uno. He's not, he's not hospitable to other Christians who are traveling through. He will not open his home. And, you know, of course, he's stirring up stuff about what is the truth and what, what is not the truth. But um, so, yeah, we do have this example of be like this guy, don't be like this guy. Mm. And hospitality is, is a big part of that. So let's let hospitality, just the word hospitality, be our message for the day. And we move to meditation, which once again is prayerful thinking. So when you're at home doing your own Bible reading, you incorporate this into your Bible reading time, which is you pause, you spend a few minutes prayerfully thinking about what you're reading. During the podcast, we give 45 seconds for meditation. And so we're going to do that right now, 45 seconds to think about prayerfully the word hospitality. And now we move on to the A in the comma method, which is application, where we ask the question, so what? So what am I going to do about this? So here we go. So what with hospitality? It's a, it's a little tricky in the, the year we've been in and the, the middle of the winter, uh, you know, in a post-COVID world, uh, it's not as easy to invite people in. Uh, but I think in terms of application, there is still a posture of saying, I am going to be receptive and open to other people. And uh, there may be ways uh, that, like, it's so easy for me to use the season of, hey, it's a cold winter, people aren't out and about outside, you know, there's, there's been a pandemic for a while, people are, whatever, as almost a way of saying, so I don't need to worry about that. And so I think it even begins by just saying, this command isn't, you know, this this like Christian ideal isn't suspended. So I should start paying attention. Like, where can I invite people more into my life where I can say, let's share time and space together uh, like that, to almost to ask God to open my eyes to say, where are the opportunities uh, to offer those invitations? Yeah. And my, uh, what I wrote down was, I want to ask that question, how am I loving God and loving people well through my acts of hospitality? Um, and again, I, like I mentioned earlier, that's a a big one for me because it doesn't come super easy, but it's just, I want to be able to put the effort in to try to figure out how to intentionally find ways in the season, even if they're small ways at first, uh, to build up my hospitality muscle. So uh, I think of um, even like Petey Crowley, our worship pastor at our Aurora campus, um, one of the ways in the season is like he's been super intentional about calling up his volunteers on the phone and literally just like having 15, 20 minutes, 30 30-minute conversations with him just to check in and say hi. And you say, was that actually an act of hospitality? Well, it's it's an act of saying, hey, I value you and I want you to be in my life. And for some reason, 
just with the way the world is, we can't actually do things that we normally would have done before, but we can do this. And so this is me being intentional and saying, this is how I'm going to show you that I love you and I care about you and I value you. So my application is that my wife needs to bake more chocolate chip cookies. And here's what I mean. You should give your wife an application, man. Yes. Yes. We give each other applications for our Bible (laughs) reading for the day. And so I was reading my Bible day, Dan, I felt like the Lord wanted to say that you should improve in all of these different areas. Uh, No, we talk often about just baking cookies and just giving them to our neighbors with a note or... And I always drag my feet on this stuff. Like, that's such a simple thing to do. And I just always drag my feet. Um, And then a few... A few, it was I think it was a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I came downstairs in the morning, and my wife said, "Oh, look! Somebody put bows on everybody's mailbox during the Christmas season. Someone just went down our street and put nice Christmas bows on every mailbox post." And I thought, "What a just really cool, neighborly, hospitable, fun thing to do for your neighbors." And then I mean, I thought, "I'm such a jerk. I keep thinking about doing the talking to cookies, <laughs> and I never get around to doing it." So my application is. To go home and actually talk to my wife about baking the chocolate. They're rocking good. Like, I can't bake them. She makes a really good chocolate chip cookie. And then deliver them to our neighbors. Well, all right. There you have it, friends. We hope that you're going to go away today and just think about how God might be calling you to be more hospitable uh, in this season. All right. Well, we hope that you're going to join us, too. Next Monday, we're going to be checking out uh, the Old Testament book of Exodus. Still can't afford sound effects. <laughs> hey, listen, Moody Publishers, you publish the Bible savvy books. How about you sponsor our podcast? Oh, Chosen Books, you published one of my books. Come on, somebody step up. Okay. We need sound effects in our podcast. <laughs> All right, so Old Testament book of Exodus next week. Join the conversation. Don't miss it. In the meantime, if you're not following along with I'm reading the plan. Check out BibleSavvy.com to download it. You can also start uh, checking out all of these guys' workshops that they talked about at BibleSavvy.com. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week. 